there's something causing this. And so finally, for the first time in my life, instead of just being told this is just the way that it is and I have this thing, I knew that there was a cause, but I didn't know what it was until I met Holly. This is your host, Doc Schrock, and this is Life Alive. Let's dip into the how and why healing stories can transform lives, including your own, at a time in history when it matters most. It's time to reawaken your hope, fill your life with purpose, and wisely use that passion inside of us to heal, grow, and find our flow into a life that has meaning. We also speak truth, seek freedom, and focus on health here at Life Alive. So let's start here by saying our statement of inclusion. We are one, and it doesn't matter how we started in life. It matters how we restart today. Let's heal, grow, and flow. In this interview, Dr. Andrea Schrock gets up close and personal. She shares her struggles and her triumphs, and also her story of becoming a facilitator of health and healing. This story truly embodies how our wounds can become our greatest gifts. I have a special guest with me tonight, my wife, Andrea Schrock. How you doing tonight, Andrea? I'm great. Thanks for having me. Pleasure is all mine. Andrea is here to tell her healing story tonight, and wow, are you in for a treat. I've heard this story numerous times, and every time it gets better. It touches the heart. It takes you on a real journey into a real person's life. It's a story about having a lot of questions and not having answers, and it's also a story of divine organization in some sort. Here to more, tell you more, here's Andrea. So the first question I have for you, Andrea, is tell us about your background in corporate America. Okay. I worked for Big Food for seven years. I was with Nestle uh, right out of college. I moved to Colorado Springs immediately and was a sales rep there for a year. And then I moved to LA for three years where I was at the headquarters. And I worked in a couple supportive roles while I was out there. And then after that, I moved to Miami and I led a retail sales team who called on the Hispanic independent grocery market. And that was a pretty stressful role. It was my first time running a sales team. And also there was a lot of gray, not a lot of black and white. And so it was just a big challenge, but it was really interesting work. However, there were some really big stressors in my life with that role. All I'm going to say is just very, very difficult challenges I was up against during that time. And then I moved once again to Charlotte, North Carolina, and I was responsible for a pretty large account. And it was a really struggling business when I inherited it. And I ended up getting really stressed out and anxious because the goal that I was given was very unattainable for anybody. And at that point in my life, because I'd moved around so much and I was on my own, I didn't have a very good support system in terms of 
Well, I was just constantly uprooting myself. And so I was having to make friends every, you know, year or two years. And I really wanted to create family where I was, but I was just pretty on my own. And so I, I got into a state of deep loneliness and also, you know, was overwhelmed with the stress of my job. And I really didn't have God in my life at that point in time. And so I entered into a really dark, dark place. And then ultimately, I ended up getting very sick with some serious digestive issues during that time. A couple themes that I, I want to draw out and have a few specific questions just so we can tease this out a little bit. A lot of gray area when you started this job at Nestle. You had a lot of some struggle and goals that you felt were unattainable. I feel like this may be a theme in a lot of people's lives. Looking back at it now, what was going through your head at the time when you had this goal that seemed unattainable? However, you were there and you were in the moment. So how did you how did you overcome that or, or did you overcome it? What did you learn from that? Well, at that point in time, I really didn't see a way out. I, I felt like this was my life and I felt like I was failing and I was really nervous to fail. I just... <laughs> I was so overwhelmed. My, I remember my dad telling me to quit my job because nothing was worth the stress that I was putting myself through. And he really saw how depressed and unhappy I was. And so for him, it wasn't, you know, me failing or anything like that. It was me being really miserable and unhappy and, and just not mentally well. Would you consider yourself a perfectionist to some extent? I would say I have a history of perfectionism. Okay. And in that job, was that rewarded? My perfectionism? Mm -hmm. I don't really think so. Okay. And um, going forth, just just share a little bit about when you were going through that, that struggle and that goal that seemed untainable, you were nervous to fail. How did you get into that dark place? Was it a failure at the actual job or was it the pressure you're putting on yourself at that point? It was pressure I put on myself and also just knowing that there was no way out of this situation. I entered into it knowing that I was going to fail without a choice. And that was just really uncomfortable for me. I, I didn't like that feeling. And it just felt like the ceiling was caving in and there was nothing, nothing I could do about it. Tell us a little bit about that challenge that you stepped into? Because I think some people will really identify with this, with job transitions and, and that ladder that uh, seems to be climbed by so many people. Tell me about stepping into that challenge. Yeah. So I took this role as my first time as an account manager. I had supported account managers in previous roles, but I had never actually managed a business like this before. And it was a $30 million business. And when I entered into the role in mid-May, and we were on the calendar year for you know our, our sales goals, I was told that we were going to miss our number by a million dollars at that point in time. Now, when you start a role like this in May, you're still on the hook for the goal at the end of the year. Whereas if I started it after half the year had gone by... I wouldn't have necessarily been on the hook as much because I wasn't responsible for what had happened in the first half of the year. But because I started in May, I was still responsible for everything that had happened leading up to that point. And in addition, I didn't really know exactly what I was doing because I was so fresh in, in the role. 
and I had a big mess to clean up because the person that was in there before me didn't have a lot of organization. And there were a lot of things that I was uncovering during that time that were uncomfortable. And I wasn't really informed as far as where all of the funding was going for my business. And it just, I would get asked questions and I didn't really have the answers to them. And so I also felt like I looked stupid. And that that's a big fear of mine is, is looking stupid. So I didn't, I didn't do well with that. And I was really afraid of missing my number at the end of the year, looking really bad and also not making my bonus, which is a huge part of my salary. And even more than that, if you get rated the rating that I would have made, if I missed my number, you can be at risk of losing your job if that happens a couple of years in a row. And so it was just this downhill <laughs> journey I was on and it just got worse and worse and worse. And I, I wasn't handling it well. I, I could have like looking back on it, there's certainly a lot of things that I, I could have done differently and, and would have done differently now, now looking at it. But knowing where I was at that point in time, it was just this miserable feeling. And I just kind of isolated myself and it just became a really dark period of time. And so um, in this dark place, in this challenge, you start to have some health problems. So tell us about what happened there. Actually, what happened first is that, so I, I really didn't want to resort to any kind of medication or anything like that because I, I already knew that they had side effects. But I, at the time, saw no way out and I ended up going on anxiety medication for six months. And they actually had an effect on me pretty quickly where I was actually feeling better and in a better mental state. However, within six months, my GI tract completely shut down and I was no longer able to go to the bathroom. And I had always been really regular before that in my life. And it just abruptly came to a halt one week around my 30th birthday. So this gets pretty personal because when you have a story that talks about your digestive tract, that's not something that usually, you know, going to the bathroom, usually people talk a lot about. So thank you for sharing and being open with that. Tell us what happened after that. Give us the story beyond getting temporary relief, but didn't seem like it was a fix. So take us through that journey. How did that feel? What did that feel like in, inside your body? Did oh, you know it was, was going on? miserable. I mean, it was just really uncomfortable. And I just felt so full all the time, really bloated. I mean, my abdomen was completely distended. So I would have to wear clothes that would hide it because most of my clothes were pretty form fitting. And so it would look like I was pregnant. What was your emotional state? I was really down in a really low place. I was already in a low place before this. And I also, I should add something that during this time with the, mm -hmm. the the job situation, I, I also on a personal level was really struggling because I decided not to move to the actual city. And I was living in a suburb that was kind of far out of the city because of a variety of reasons. But I thought that was going to be the place where I could create a good life. But then everybody that I met was in the city. And so I was far away from the social scene and so that was really hard for me. And so one big thing that I learned in that was 
as a young person, it's important to be surrounded by people and community. And that's such an important thing to make decisions around when you're moving to a new place. And that was another big, big aspect of what I was going through. So would you say that you had a lack of some social support? Oh, yeah. There? I mean, Did you feel pretty alone. I felt really alone at night at the office. It was okay, but there was definitely some office drama where I was located. And so that, that was an issue too. Whereas before that I really didn't have office drama. Like when I was in California, that was a great place for me, but yeah, there was a lot of that. And then at night and on the weekends, I just felt really lonely. So what things did you try at first when you were having these symptoms or were uncomfortable? I really thought that it was just going to go away. I said that this never happened to me before, but actually I take that back. So it happened to me twice before this, but it was for like a one week period. Once was when I had had a really minor surgery. I broke my finger and had to get pins put in it. And I was under anesthesia and the antibiotics and the anesthesia and everything. It just, I couldn't go. Mm -hmm. And so that happened for about a week. And then I can't remember if I took something. Yeah. I think they'd put me on a med for constipation and it, relieved it. And then the same sort of thing happened again when I think I was on an antibiotic or something like that, but it, they only lasted a week. So I had had blips where this happened, but then all of a sudden it happened and it didn't go away this time. So uh, it was interesting that you were putting together at this point that drugs had side effects, even though they had also some, some mechanisms that were working when you were having these symptoms and you had been having them. And and how long did this go on? You said? From start to finish, eight months. Okay. So what happened that changed the trajectory of okay. your course? Yeah. There, so or did it just keep going on? I on? was I was going through it and thinking, so I, I ended up quitting my job and took two months off before starting my next job, which was actually, I was going to go work for my family's business. And so I took two months off just to rest. And I thought that I was going to heal myself during this time because mm -hmm. I knew that stress was really impacting me, but no changes to the GI issues during that time. However, I did encounter a friend during this time who was chiropractor. And it was just amazing how God put her in my life at this exact time. She and her husband were adjusting each other and they ended up adjusting me. And it just kind of it was like just this drop of knowledge for me that opened up. I don't know. It just made me really curious about their lifestyle. I knew that they were really holistic and they didn't use medications. And, and I just, I, something just told me to reach out to them. And so one day I reached out to her and I said, in a text, I was just miserable. I was lying on the couch and I sent her a text and I said, you know, I'm having these really horrible digestive issues. I know that you live this really holistic lifestyle. And I know that you said that I had some issues in my spine. I don't know anything about chiropractic, but can you help me? And she responded immediately and said, yes, come in. How did you actually run into this friend? I was actually flying home to interview for my the job with my family's business and she was on my flight home. And so I saw her at the gate 
in Chicago, we were just connecting. So she, she and I both lived in Charlotte. We're both from Wisconsin. We both flown from Charlotte to O'Hare, but I didn't see her until we got to the O'Hare airport and she was just sitting there typing away on her computer. And I said, Holly, Wow. <laughs> and then we sat next to each other on the flight on to Madison and just chatted the whole way. I grew up with her. I have known her since I was a toddler. My mom actually babysat her when we were little. So this is interesting that you had similar upbringings, but somewhere during the course of life, you guys emerged into different pathways and then you re-merged together into Chicago O'Hare Airport. Wow. That gives me goosebumps a little bit, how that was orchestrated. So some people listening out here may not know much about chiropractic Was there something different about going to the doctors that you had in the past? What flipped that perspective in your mind or what gave you hope? What are some of the things that she said? Oh, yeah. Well, from the moment that I walked into her office, it was just this this feeling like, wow. What'd she do? Did her exam. She took some x-rays and... She sat me down in a room and she told me something that changed my life forever. What'd she say? All the information is sent from your brain, down your spinal cord, over all your nerves to your organs, tissues, and cells. And then messages go back from your organs, tissues, and cells over the nerves, up the spinal cord, and to the brain. And if there's anything that's interfering in that feedback loop, the body's not going to function and heal the way that it's designed to. And I sat and listened to this talk and I was like, why has nobody ever told me this? And what about all those people out there that are sick and suffering and have never heard this before? This makes so much sense. To me, this light bulb just went on and it was like I had been told this truth that is so simple yet so profound and makes so much sense. And so immediately I signed up for care. And when I would go into the office, I'd just look around and there were all these people that had different situations, but all these incredible healing stories. It was so powerful. I just felt the presence of God in this place. And he would just beat on me every day about honestly becoming a chiropractor because it was such a special, special, incredible thing. So tell me a little bit about what you were seeing in the office. Were people pretty sick? Were they having similar issues to you? Were they having different issues? Did people seem to communicate about their issue? Was there community or culture in there? There was definitely community in there. She had open adjusting. And so when one person was getting adjusted, other people would be warming up and she'd be talking to everybody at once. And if she had permission from a certain person, she could tell people about, you know, their transformation. And so she could talk about one person and say, Hey, did you know that Sarah was having migraines four times a week for the last 15 years of her life? And now she hasn't had a migraine since her first month getting adjusted or the CA, the chiropractic assistant cat. She, had ovarian cancer and was given months to live. And she was in her low twenties and she ended up encountering a chiropractor one day and he brought her in and ended up reversing it through chiropractic and nutrition. She was given no hope before that. 
So did you feel hope when you walked into this office? Would you describe it as that? Or would you describe other Absolutely. Orders? I put all my trust in this. She really gave me so much hope. And I was miserable. And I still felt like I needed confirmation from her. So I would come in and I would say, tell me this is going to work. This is going to work, right? <laughs> and every time she'd adjust me, she'd say, the power's on. Your body's healing. Yes, it's going to work. It's going to work. It's going to work. She just had so much confidence. After you, all you had been through, that must have been pretty encouraging. How did that speak to you? What I got from her really helped me formulate positive mental thoughts that I also needed to believe that it was going to work and just to give me the confidence. One day, she, one day I came in and she said, I had a little baby in today that was constipated and I adjusted him and he pooped on the table. And I said, can you do that to me? <laughs> and it's crazy. But honestly, if you're in this situation, you would do anything too. It was sure. awful. Sure. Thank you for that humor. That's pretty funny. So from there... What were the results? She gave me a care plan and, you know, I was 30 at that time. So it's not like it was going to happen overnight. And why did it happen so fast with the baby? And then there would take a little bit longer for. Well, babies don't have 30 years of emotional and physical stresses later on in the body. I had been through numerous car accidents and a lot of emotional stress and it just takes time for somebody to heal. Sure. And so were some of those past events, like you had mentioned, you were in car accidents. Was that the first time that someone had taken a history in a way that linked those possible physical stresses to the point where your body was losing function? Was that something that was new for you, a different perspective? I think that's the first time that anybody ever linked the car accidents to this. I had gone to an acupuncturist before, and he was the first person to really get me to ha have a paradigm shift about medications. Hmm. This guy I saw right before I moved to Charlotte and right before I started that job. So he was the one that turned me on to the idea that drugs really did cause side effects. And it wasn't just a spiel they were required to say at the end of a commercial. I really didn't understand that was reality. And I'm thinking that most Americans and most people out there that see commercials for drugs in America and New Zealand, because it's the only places that have it, might think the same thing. Sure. And we tend to have a mindset sometimes, well, that's someone else. That's not going to happen to me. And so thank you for sharing that. That's really powerful, that perspective of encountering a few different people and being like you said, you were miserable, but you also were in a state of more, would you say, open-mindedness to listen at that point? Because, Absolutely. you know, when we're suffering, we just want to try to escape that pain. Tell us what was on the other side of that pain. What was the result? I'll definitely say about the openness, I did not want drugs and surgery and medications. And I had a at friend that, that was a GI doctor that was telling me that I needed that. And like, I knew that that was not the answer because... I didn't feel like I had a chronic disease. It just started one day out of mm. nowhere. And so to me, it was like, no, this, there's something causing this. And so finally, for the first time in my life, instead of just being told this is just the way that it is and I have this thing, I knew that there was a cause, but I didn't know what it was until I met Holly. But on the other side of all of this, after about two months of getting adjusted, which was eight months after this whole thing started, or after I stopped being able to go. It just 
resolved. And it was like my body just started functioning normally again. And it was just the most incredible thing. Wow. So Andrea, why is it important to share stories like this? Everybody needs to hear my story. I can't not tell somebody my story because there's so many people out there that are sick and suffering and it doesn't matter what they're suffering from. They all deserve to know that there is a cause and that people need to be set free. Wow. What breaks your heart about people not knowing about this? It just breaks my heart to see people out there suffering from something and not having any idea that this exists or just being so closed off to it because it's something that's just so not known that people think it's out there because it's, it's just not mainstream. It just makes me furious that people have to go down this vicious cycle of going to all these different doctors and going through all these different protocols. And I mean, there's just so many different things that people have been through and it can just ruin people's lives sometimes when all it is so often is just, they need to have their nervous system cleared out so their body can function. Did you find that after the function started to come back that your mood stabilized and you weren't, you didn't feel like you needed medications? What was that like? Just like recovering from all of that? Oh yeah. I think I was only on the medication for about six months and my mood was definitely better. I also, by the time this whole thing actually even started, but when the GI tract shut down, I already had closed out that prior year in the office. So that was better. But once my GI tract started functioning again, I trained for a half Ironman. I was just starting to really live again. And then the best part about all this is that I was clear enough to really hear God's voice and hear him start to tell me to be a chiropractor. Where, so what happened after that? Well, he was talking to me for like the whole time I was under care, but I had about six objections to going back to chiropractic school. Sure. And ultimately... I chipped away at them one by one. And then one day, my last objection was that I didn't want to move again because I'd moved all over the country from my prior job. And someone said, Andrea, what's one more move? And she was right. And I just surrendered. But I don't know if I would have been really present enough to make such a decision before getting care like this. So what'd you do? I started looking into chiropractic schools and that was in May. And then I started at life in the first week of October that year. And what is life? Life university is where I went to chiropractic school. And how long is that schooling? Is that just like a short weekend thing? Like boom, boom, you're done. Or is that a commitment? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's a pretty big commitment. It's about four years, give or take, depending on what you're doing. And for me, since I was a marketing and Spanish major, I didn't have any science background. And so it required a bit more on my part. And so I had to go back and do some prerequisites and then start the chiropractic program. Wow. So that was a big commitment. You stepped back 
And as you said, you felt like if you hadn't had that function, if you hadn't discovered what was on the other side of that pain, you wouldn't have been of clear mind enough and you wouldn't have had the listening to know what your true heart was calling to do. Would you say your struggle became a triumph? Exactly. In your life? Exactly. But it wasn't easy, right? No, it was extremely hard, but incredibly gratifying. So where are you today? What are you doing? And what would you tell those people that may be in that same situation? They're either coming through a transformational healing process or they're in it. What would you say to those people? To answer your first question, where I am today, we are one week into opening our chiropractic practice. So all of my illness and the healing and then all of the schooling is now exactly six years later to the week coming to fruition. What's it been like? I mean, it's just amazing. You know, it's it's definitely been a huge journey and it's so worth it. I mean... It was, it's felt like a long time, but now it feels like it was just yesterday that all that was going on. And here I am getting to help a six-year-old who's had migraines every day of his life wow. and give back. And so, um, what would I tell The second part of that question, yeah, what would you tell people that are in it or oh, stuck or coming out of a process like that? You know, typically when I tell, what I do tell people is, cause, cause I can see. I can see when they're going through something that this is going to be the greatest thing that ever happened to them. But obviously that's not the way that you want to say something. I have this friend in chiropractic school. She got breast cancer during school. And the immediate thought that went to my head was, wow, she's going to have a powerful story to tell people someday. And I didn't have a doubt in my mind that she was going to prevail and that she was going to be an overcomer. I knew. And so I just, Really, I know that these things, we have a friend who has been through so much and the girl has just done so much self-work and the the greater the healed trauma, the greater gift you have to share with the world. And so that's honestly what I typically share with people because I just know and I stand by them and I lift them up as much as I can and I encourage them to just hold out that hope that they're going to get through this and it's going to end up being such a victory. What a true story of struggle and triumph. The very place that Andrea lost her health, she eventually found it right there inside her own body. And on Life Live podcast, we want to share these stories. We want people to come on this podcast and share and remind us that the innate wisdom of the body has always been there and will always be there to your last breath to help you heal, grow, and find your flow in life. Dr. Andrea summed it all up in our interview by saying, the greater the healed trauma, the greater gift you have to share with the world. And there we grow again, Life Alive Tribe. This is Doc Schrock, and I'm so grateful you stopped by today to reawaken your hope, purpose, and passion about this one life we have to live. It's that time for the Life Alive 
Tribe Sound Off goes like this. It's time to pick your chin up, roll your shoulders back, and say, I choose to live a life fully alive. My intention today was that you found hope, sparked your purpose, and remain passionate about the life you live. Until we meet again, friends, love, love, 